Hi, I'm Caroline and this is The Active Yogi, the podcast that shares with you all things health and wellness related from a yoga, fitness and well-being perspective. We'll learn as a community how to find our strong foundations, both mentally and physically, along this journey of exploration together. Thanks for joining, guys. I am going to talk today about, um, in my opinion, five benefits of the yin yoga practice. And for me, there are endless benefits of the practice, and and there are uh, many things that I could talk about as well. I'll probably do a part two, maybe even a part three to this at some point in the future, or write a blog or something on it. Um, But I wanted to just touch in with some of the benefits of the the practice on a very, very simple, um, fundamental level. And the ones that I'm going to talk about today are, first of all, um, how it complements our existing practice, okay? Those of you that don't know what yin yoga is, this is where we put ourselves into shapes um, in a, a simple way. We ask the muscles to relax. We come into stillness once we're in the physical shapes and the muscles have relaxed. And with time and gravity, we're working our way towards um kind of just a bit beyond the comfort zone in shape, okay? So we're trying to kind of do a little bit of a physical release, but also a mental um, journey as well. So it's a practice where we hold the shapes for longer than we would in a, in a yang practice, so three to five minutes typically. So with that in mind, let's explore the, the top five benefits that I, I see in my own practice. So number one is that complementary nature to the yang practice that we all have, and I'll go into that in more detail in a minute. Number two is the fact that we can foster compassion for our nervous system okay so by taking time to be still we're we're giving some goodness back to our nervous system the third one is that we learn to find comfort in stillness and that might seem really obvious to um, to many of us, but when I'm watching people practice yin, whether that be online or in in, in person, um, not everyone's comfortable with stillness. Okay, so we can practice that as a skill. Number four is the promotion of mindfulness. So that idea of it being a mindfulness moment or a mindfulness practice in the entirety of a class. And then number five, I like to think of it as a meditation for beginners. Um, And I'll explain a bit more about that when I get to that particular point. And then there's an added benefit that I'm going to talk about at the end as well. Okay, so let me come back around to the beginning then. Number one is um, this idea that we complement our yang practice. So whatever our yang activity, whether it's a yoga practice or not, whether it's um, cycling or running or hiking, whatever it is you do to move your body, yin will complement that. So we have different types of tissues physically in the body. We have what we consider yang tissues, which are muscles, um, and the muscles have this wealth and richness of of blood um, governing them, okay? And and blood is kind of all the way through them. And when you see a muscle or an image of a muscle, um, it's, it's red and vibrant and juicy, and it's something that can stretch and strengthen and it can stretch and then come back to its normal size okay so you can lengthen it and bring it back to center and in fact with muscles how they get stronger is by tearing and repairing them so using the muscle putting it through its maximum range um, which then creates these little micro tears in it and it gets stronger in the healing process okay and we have to have moments of pausing for that healing to happen but ultimately that muscle is rich in blood and it can get stronger from uh, intense fast 
pressurized kind of workouts, okay? And then on the other side of that, we've got what we call yin tissues. And yin tissues are what we think of as um, the connections between the bones, okay? So we've got ligaments and tendons, uh, and ligaments are what connect the bones together. Tendons are what connect the muscle to the bone, uh, and we don't want those things to be stretchy and flexible, really. We want them to be doing the job, which is stability, okay, holding everything together. And in fact, when ligaments and tendons are pulled to their extreme, um, oftentimes it's going to be surgery that's going to need to take place to, to kind of bring them back together. And once you lengthen those um, tendons, which is quite difficult to do, it's not really going to come back to where it was. So it doesn't, it's not a thing that you can strengthen again like a muscle that will bring it back to a, a stronger place. Tearing it won't repair it. Tearing it is going to be very, very painful and, and take a lot of time um, of surgery or recovery um, and physiotherapy work to get back to where it was, okay? And those two extremes then are holding the body together and moving the body. And then wrapped around the body of the muscle and um, around all of our nerves and our blood vessels and everything else inside of us is this connective tissue um, called fascia. And fascia is literally wrapped around the belly of the muscle. And if you think about the fibers that make up a muscle, if I use my finger as an example, um, it's a little stick, let's say. And wrapped around that fiber of muscle is fascia. Okay, and then here's a second um, little, uh, what do I call it, fiber of muscle, and that's got fascia wrapped around it as well. When I put those two fibers together, there's also fascia wrapped around each of those, okay, and you get the idea. If this is the third fiber of muscle, it's got fascia wrapped around it, I bring the three together, then there's fascia wrapped around it. So fascia is really kind of an integral part of the body. Um, and if we are not doing a practice of um, moving and mobilizing our yin tissues, of which fascia is one, and only working on muscle work and strength, we're going to reach a point where we're not going to have optimal range of motion or mobility in our body. So we can get really strong in the muscles, but if we're not doing any work that mobilizes the fascia that's wrapped around everything else inside of the body, including the muscles, we're not gonna have the range of motion around the hip socket or around the shoulders or in between the vertebrae of the spine. And if we're not moving this fascia every single day to a certain extent through movement, but also through the yin practice of stillness, uh, which is where it hydrates and gets healthier um, we're, we're going to lose our range of motion properly. Okay, so actually we need to be doing a movement practice, which is great for the muscles and moving the fascia, but we also want to have that stillness practice so that we can create the space um, for the muscles to relax and then we can get into the deeper layers of, of fascia and connective tissue and the ligaments and tendons as well, okay, to a, to a healthy extent. So we need a balance of things. So we want to think about it as like a set of scales. And if we only do muscle work, we're going to be really, really tight in the fascia and the range of motion. And if we're only doing fascia work, the muscles are going to get really weak. And the muscle's job is to engage and move the bones, Okay, so if the muscles are weak, we've not got the stability around the joints to make the movements that we do in everyday life. So I hope that that makes sense. Um, we need both, basically. So yin complements yang. And I have to admit to being guilty of this in my younger years, I would have limited spare time around my um, office job back in the days when I was in the corporate world um, full time. And in all of my spare moments, I would fit things in like boxing, running, track work. I'd go to the gym. I'd go to spin classes. What else did I do? 
um, endless activities, okay, which all focused on my yang tissues and created this fire and energy in my body and my mind. Um, but I was limiting myself uh, by not having moments of stillness. I felt like stillness was something that made me lazy. Um, I didn't recognize back then that actually it was incredibly valuable and all of the running activities and competitions that I used to do would have been enriched by these moments of stillness for my fascia and connective tissues. So the two things really, really go together. Now I'm back to running. I have a little bit of stillness and I have a little bit of movement in my practice. Okay, so I have much more balance and I'm much healthier um, in my body and my state of mind as a result of that. Okay, so that's a, a big one. Um, second, then, is fostering compassion for our nervous system. And this kind of links into the first one a little bit. Um, so if we're go, go, go all the time, we are predominantly living um, in our sympathetic nervous system. And that means we're predominantly living in fight or flight mode, which means then from a chemical level in the body that stress hormones are predominantly running through our, our, our body. So we've got cortisol and adrenaline running through the body when we're in that stress fight or flight mode. And when we take time to be still, which is absolutely what yin is about, we come into a shape, we put ourselves into it where we can get to, and we're still for five minutes for each shape, we are moving ourselves into the parasympathetic nervous system, okay, which is where we are in that rest and digest mode, and our tissues have time to heal and repair. Our nervous system has time to um, regulate Okay, um, we have time to slow down the breath. We have time for the organs to start to heal. And more importantly, we have time just generally for the nervous system to kind of steady itself and for our mindset to calm down as well. Blood pressure to lower, all of these important things that need to happen for, for optimal health. So we're fostering compassion for the nervous system in the stillness that yin brings to our lives, okay? And it's a gentle reminder for us that we need to be still sometimes. If we're go, go, go all the time, apart from the, the fact that we're spending too much time in fight or flight mode, we are never going to have um, optimal health because we, we just won't have enough rest for organs to heal, for tissues to heal, um, for our brain to, to regenerate as well, okay? And all of these lead into each other. So number three is finding comfort in stillness. And I alluded to the fact in my first uh, point that I used to be very, very active. I had to be doing things all the time. And I used to think that um, sitting still was for people that um, were a little bit lazy um, or were older. And I felt like in all of the moments that I had free to me away from my, my desk job, I had to fill them with activities and excitement. And perhaps actually looking back on it now, um, and hindsight is a beautiful thing, I was not comfortable sitting still with myself, okay? So I kept myself busy. And often when I ask people to sit still, they'll start to fidget. They might subconsciously play with their hair. They might play with their fingers. Often in yin, I've had to walk up to people who are tapping their fingers uh, repeatedly on the floor without realizing it. Um, and some people, let's take it out of the context of yin, when they're asked to sit still, it's when the mind gets busy. Okay, it's when different memories or, or things that perhaps we don't want to think about um, start to appear. Okay, suddenly we give them a space in which to appear and our to-do list presents itself or we think back on things that didn't work out so well for us or whatever it might be, stuff comes up and it makes us uncomfortable to sit still, right? So if we start to practice 
for three minutes at a time in each shape, three to five minutes in each shape, being still, we start to recognize that moment when we drop into that calmer part of our nervous system, which clears all of that chaotic energy from sympathetic nervous system. And we start to drop into this place of feeling calmer. The heart rate slows down, the breath deepens, the mind calms down, the physical tissues release because we're no longer in that tense state of being. And then we start to recognize that it's safe to be still. And we can tune in and notice what's coming up in our mind and we can sit with it. Yeah, it's too easy in life sometimes to run away from the things that we're not comfortable with. It's very easy to change job, to change city, to move house. Um, a little less easy, to be fair, in the last year. Um, but it still has been possible for many. And it gives us this opportunity to practice being comfortable with ourselves, everything that there is to see. Okay, which leads me into number four, which is promoting mindfulness. So what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is where we're asked to sit with ourselves, um, a little bit like I was describing before, and notice and be aware of everything that's happening, either physically in the body or around us, or things that are popping up in our mind, and being accepting of them. So being accepting of them without any judgment, without any extra thinking, without adding any extra stories or layers of drama or judgment around it. So we're just noticing. And a good teacher in yin is going to invite you to come into the shape. They're going to invite you to find your version of the shape. That's the important part, yeah? Your version of the shape where you can find a level of comfort to then go deeper and deeper into the practice. And then they're going to notice, ask you first of all, to notice what there is to notice in your body. So we start with physical sensation. What do you notice in your body? Where do you notice it? Uh, what kind of level of intensity is it? Where are the areas that feel like they're releasing and where are the areas that are resisting? And then several minutes into the practice, they might ask you if you need to be supported in the same way as when you started. So it's noticing that there's been a progression through the practice um, that has allowed things to release, that allows you to go deeper into your shape, potentially. Or notice that that hasn't happened, okay? With no judgment, just awareness of it. And they ask you to notice the difference perhaps between one side and the other, again, with no judgment, just awareness. And in doing this practice regularly, you start to tune in to the physical sensation in your body, but also how you feel noticing what's happening in your body. And then you're also going to tune in to what pops up in your mind when shapes are comfortable versus not so comfortable. Okay, and again, how do you respond to that? What, when you notice um, your reaction to a shape that really you don't like very much, um, is it the shape that's making you not like it or is it your state of mind that's uncomfortable with being in a shape that doesn't feel great in the body and so on and so forth. So all these different things that can appear. So you're being asked to sit still and notice it and find comfort in the stillness, which was the point before. Welcome a calmer state of mind and nervous system, which was the point before, um, and, and just kind of sit there, be aware of it, okay? Now, when we start to build this mindfulness practice within the yin practice, it becomes easier to take that mindfulness practice into our movements. So we might start to be aware then that we sit with one leg crossed over more than the other. So that might explain why when you're in double um, pigeon, or as we call it square in yin pose, it's more comfortable in one direction than the other, okay? It's more familiar. It might then suggest why it's less comfortable on the other side. Um, you might notice when you're walking, 
um, something that is out of balance or feels really good as you have practiced um, yin for longer. So you start to take the awareness practice into the rest of your day. You might notice how you react to different things that happen repeatedly in your day or over the course of your, your week or month or something. So you're enhancing your mindfulness practice on and off the yoga mat. And then the fifth one, which I really like as well, is meditation for beginners. Now, if I were to say to new people, and this happens when I, my shala was open, um, if I invited new people to try yin and they asked me what it's about and I told them for 60 minutes or 90 minutes um, in my public classes, we're going to sit in a series of shapes for five minutes and not move. Okay, you're going to sit with your eyes closed in stillness for 90 minutes through a series of shapes and every shape is going to be five minutes long. Um, and you're just going to notice how you feel. Most people will think that that's really strange, sounds really boring, really uncomfortable, and they want to move their bodies, okay? And then another thing, if I say to them, it's a bit like meditation, yeah? Or if I advertise the class as being a 60-minute meditation class, most people will not attend because 60 minutes of meditation sounds like hard work, okay, or too long. But really, I want you to think about each of the shapes that we come into, whether they be three minutes or five, as a mini meditation. Yeah, so it's a mini meditation. You're sitting still. You're finding your comfort within the shape. You're getting comfortable with yourself within the shape. You're noticing what's happening on the inside and the world around you, but you're not judging it or affecting it in any way. Um, and effectively, that brings us into a meditation. Okay, and an, an awareness practice, a self-awareness practice. And you're in the shape in stillness for three to five minutes, and then you come to a next shape, and a next shape, and a next shape. And maybe there's six or seven or eight shapes in your practice. Maybe there's just two. But it becomes a, a meditation in its own right. So for people who are newer to a meditation practice, this can be a really nice way to introduce that. You'll get more comfortable with mindfulness. You'll get more comfortable with stillness. You'll get familiar with that wonderful feeling of moving from sympathetic to parasympathetic nervous system. And with time, sitting still in these shapes will feel more comfortable because your yin and yang tissues get used to it as well. And then you're going to be able to sit still in a meditation practice. So suddenly meditating doesn't feel quite so daunting um, or so crazy. Um, an idea is if we first expected it as to be 60 minutes, right? Um, and then the bonus thing, which I really love, is this idea of... Um, when we go deeper into learning about yin yoga, some classes that you might attend, the teacher might talk about Chinese medicine. Uh, and that gives us another context in which to learn about ourselves. So sometimes the teacher might talk about the emotions that are connected to different areas of the body that link into meridian lines, for example. They might talk about the season in which you're in um, and how practicing certain shapes at certain times of year will prepare your body and your state of mind and your organ health um, for the next season. They might talk to you about different emotions that pop up or um, all sorts of different things that can appear within the Chinese medicine system. Um, and that kind of adds another layer of, of knowledge to the practice as well. So then that is something that I see as a, a benefit as well. Now, if I were to put all of those benefits together, one of the biggest things for me and many people I teach is the idea of stress relief. Okay, we live in this kind of crazy world at the moment and we don't really know what's coming next in so many places and so many shapes and forms. Um, and we take a step forward and then we take three steps back and that's how it feels for many of us. And this idea of um, the yin practice from a, a mental wellness being um, kind of state of mind is we're releasing stress. 
we're teaching our body through sitting still, through dropping into parasympathetic nervous system, through being mindful, noticing how we feel, um, meditating, and recognizing the value of stillness. All of those bits come together to, to help us manage our, our state of mind better. So we're able to better manage stress through the practice of yin uh, when we come to it regularly. Okay, So we can um, achieve a, a calmer state of mind when something unexpected throws its, its way, throws its, um, I can't speak very well today. When something unexpected comes our way, we've got a coping mechanism, okay? We're, we're better prepared to be able to choose calmness as a response to the craziness of the, the life around us as opposed to always reacting from this place of fear or uncertainty or, or anger or frustration. Um, so all of these pieces come together for me to create a flexible body but also a flexible state of mind, a calmer state of mind as well. So there are many, many more benefits of it and you'll notice today most of what I talked about was not physical benefits but mental benefits, okay? So there are physical benefits as well, but today I really wanted to focus on the mental benefits because I think this is what so many of us are needing a little bit more guidance with at the moment. So I hope that that's helpful for you. If there's any questions about any of that, send me a, a message and I will be happy to give you my thoughts or answer any questions there as well, okay? Thank you so much for tuning in and I will see you guys again soon. Lots of love from me.